We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free stay. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies, brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Today's episode, we are, I guess, celebrating uh, celebrating the 10-year anniversary of just the worst damn baseball movie ever made, Trouble with the Curve, movie that is the big reason I started this show. If you've been listening for, for a couple years now, you know I originally started this show strictly just to talk about what worked and didn't work in sports movies as far as the sports stuff, and no movie gets stuff wrong more than Trouble with the Curve. It is a, a true travesty. Um, this is an episode redo. It was one of the, the early ones I did in the show's run. Uh, one of my earliest guests, Keith Law, uh, who is returning to this episode, very gratefully is going to take the time because it was back when, you know, before the show hit its rhythm, um, you know, I was still taking handwritten notes, not, not very organized, had no idea with what I was doing with editing, so I got Keith back, got Chris Crawford returning to the show. If you remember, he joined me last year to talk about Everybody Wants Some, which is an actual good baseball movie. So uh, really, really taking this one to task for the 10-year anniversary. Before we do that, as always, I want to shout out our Patreon group for supporting the show, especially our Big Chill producer-level patrons. That includes new patron this week, Stephen DeBow. Big shout out to Stephen, who has joined up as a Big Chill-level producer patron. He joins Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Trish, James Koluski, Chris Mykoski, Andrew Teagle, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Jason Alba, and Classic Stadium Fire. Big thanks to Steven, all of those producers for supporting the show. If you go to patreon.com slash big screen sports, you can vote on movies for the show to cover. You get three polls up now for movies in October. Those are closing this week. Uh, it's coming down to the wire with a few of those. Go get your vote in. You get schedule updates, ad-free episodes, and merch all while supporting this show. If you want to support the show for free, tell a friend. Any friend who likes sports movies, movies in general, uh, shout them out and uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be that would be super. Uh, so with that, let's talk about Trouble with the Curve with Keith Law and Chris Crawford, 10-year anniversary. This movie sucks. Let's do it. 
All right, returning to big screen sports from NBC Sports Edge is Chris Crawford, and from the Athletic Keith Law, gentlemen, welcome back to celebrate an incredible movie. What a time to be alive! Oh, it's a great, it's a great historic milestone. I look forward to the next Academy Awards ceremony when they clearly <laughs> spend eight and a half minutes just discussing this movie's place in cinematic history. Yeah. Well, they often say that they, they should really do the Oscars five to 10 years after mm. to see what in. Oh, yeah. And I, this is this is a big time, it, you know, big time case. Absolutely. Oh, it's stature has only. No, no, it hasn't. Actually. Oh, no, no, it really. I think really a lot of people hasn't. just don't even know this movie exists, which is probably for the best. No, uh, no, no, no. If you if you still have MLB Network, if you still have cable or one of the streamers of MLB. Oh, Network, yeah. Oh, do they show oh, this? Yeah, oh, yeah. They show God. it all. Right. Because right, there's no. No other baseball movies they could be showing. No other base. Listen, if there's one person who probably loves this movie, it's Rob May. Oh, yeah, oh gosh, this yeah. Oh, he totally. Is you know this. Movie. He's like, that's how it works, doesn't it? This yeah. is completely accurate. Trades. I thought it was a documentary. Rob Manfred ordered the Matthew Lillard character to be written into this movie. I met Matthew Lillard. Did you? I met him last month. Really? Nice. No, that's pretty cool. He has a company that sells... Um, uh, I think it's more role-playing games than board games. I was at Gen Con, the big oh. board game convention. And sure. it's funny, Daryl Andrews, who's a very prolific board game designer, Sagrada is one of his probably best-known ones. Um, and I know Daryl really well. He's also a huge Blue Jays fan. I walk into this hotel lobby. I don't even remember where the heck I was going. And Daryl says, hey, Keith, I want you to meet somebody. And this guy, a very tall guy, turns around and says, hi, I'm Matt. And I said, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's he's delightful on TikTok. Was he delightful? Oh, he's in real so life? nice. Yeah, great. I'm sure we talked does. a lot of Dodgers baseball and just like baseball stuff in general. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And it was funny. Then I walked away and texted my wife. You're like, you're not going to believe what I just had <laughs> an amazing conversation with. Yeah. Well, it it goes into one of the the big sins of this movie in that it wastes a lot of delightful people. Before we get into it, uh, Chris, tell the folks where they can follow you, where they can check out your your show. Sure, uh, Crawford underscore MILB on Twitter, uh, circling the bases podcast and NBCSportsEdge.com or RotoWorld.com. We are bringing RotoWorld back in a much bigger way. So yeah, definitely check that out. And Keith, uh, I write for the Athletic. Um, at least the sports stuff. I also write for Pace Magazine on board games and a couple other sites as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Keith Law. If you still use the Facebook, because you're one of the olds, um, <laughs> it's Keith Law writer over there. And I'm on Instagram. It's not really baseball content, but it's MR, like Mr. Keith Law. I am not on TikTok. I think I'm kind of, I might be too old for that. Yeah, me too. You, I think you'd, I think you'd be surprised. I think if you, if you download, you don't have to like use it. I don't post anything, but um, it's very useful. Like cooking, I know you like cooking. It's very useful. It's funny yeah. that you said. Oh, Nyquil eat. chicken, yeah, absolutely. It's oh my god, yeah, that's, that's where I get my Nyquil chicken <laughs> recipe. It, it's funny that you say the Facebook because we're talking about in in a, in a way the person who got rid of the the the. We're we're celebrating the ten year anniversary of of trouble with the curve, the twenty twelve. It, loosely i get baseball drama uh even even this is fitting even the imdb plot summary is wrong <laughs> it's incorrect <laughs> a daughter true. tries to remedy her dysfunctional relationship with her ailing father a decorated baseball scout by helping him in a recruiting trip which oh. could be his last not a recruiting, not trip. A recruiting even trip. even yeah. the, even the summary is wrong it starred clint eastwood amy adams and justin timberlake it was directed by robert lorenz written by randy brown based on a uh, book apparently like a- allegedly so there's that must there's be actually, even worse 
Well, I I mean, I'll, I'll drop in one of the, the trivia facts now. Yeah. A year after the film's release, another producer, Ryan Brooks, filed a lawsuit, federal district court against one of the producers, two talent agencies, screenwriter Brown and Don Hanfield. Uh, he alleged copyright infringement and conspiracy, claiming the produced screenplay of the film bore striking similarities to Omaha, an unproduced screenplay commissioned from Hanfield. So interesting. This movie is another terrible one out there is what you're saying. But like, that sounds like a threat. Well, that guy, Ryan Brooks, apparently was a former minor leaguer. I didn't do any digging on this because I I just wasn't going to do that. But maybe he had maybe he saw this and just like lost his lost his marbles. But this movie got a 51 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is 51 percent too high. (laughs) Gross forty nine million dollars. This movie lost money. Um, Kind of. Oh, good. That makes me happy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I, as we were, Chris and I were talking right before we started recording is off the top of our heads. At least this is the last baseball movie that got like, got like studio money, got the, got this kind of investment, this last big baseball movie. I think they've put out one. I mean, everybody wants some was small and that movie is, hundred times. Oh my God. If people are listening to this and haven't seen everybody want some. So good. By all means, go, go. It's about, I mean, I talk about that movie and Glenn Powell often on this podcast. That cast is incredible. It's amazing. It's, I mean, they, they got ball players. We have had, uh, Chris and I talked about that movie for almost a solid two Two hour podcast. Yeah. Everybody wants some, I'm going to pull a Will Leach here. Exclamation (laughs) point. Exclamation (laughs) Exclamation point. point. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I had uh, I had Chris's favorite character from that movie on the show, uh, uh, Temple Baker, who plays a plumber. Yes. Ah, yes, yep. that's so had great him on the show. He's he's another Texas guy. Oh. But um, getting into this yeah. one, I started this podcast essentially because of this movie, okay. because of how upset it made me. <laughs> um, Chris, I'll kick it to you. Is this the worst baseball movie of all? Time? So there are assuredly worse baseball movies, but it's like asking is a SEC team, or not even an SEC team. It's a Conference USA team that goes 1-17 worse than the Detroit Tigers of 2003. Yeah, technically they're a worse baseball team. But when you take in the fact that there was actual budget for this movie, there were actual quality actors for this movie, there are people who have been extremely successful for this movie, and you have a somewhat interesting plot line, yeah, this is the worst baseball movie of all time. Yeah, you're you're grading it on a curve. On a curve, yeah. I was just going to say, by the way, the most clever thing about this movie is the title, without question. The trouble with the curve, the trouble with the curve. Like, it, it mm-hmm. actually is a fairly clever little plot line. Everything else about this movie sucks out loud. The pacing is horrific. The acting is bad. Amy Adams, God bless you. You give your very best in this movie. Oh, see, I think I actually yeah. think she's terrible. Oh, she, I, oh, she's I bad. I think she's, she's bad. She's like, bad. This is, but this is the very rare yeah, bad Amy Adams. I 100% agree. But she is trying her very best, at least, to carry this movie. There's just, she's working with horrible she's working material. Oh, absolutely. This is like, horrific this, is when, this is when you give a manager a team just full of, when you give, like, the Pirates. And it's like, you hey, go make, you try, you try to say, <laughs> hey, go make the playoffs. Sure. Yeah. And it just, it just, it can, it cannot happen. Um, this movie is an insult for how, how smart it thinks it oh, is. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's very proud of itself. 
Oh yeah, how intentionally wrong it is. So I, I was telling Chris Keith before he hopped on the mm -hmm. call. I had last year I had Jesse Sheldon on, who Jesse is part of the team that runs Game Changing Films, who they do sports movie choreography and and work around the you know work to make these movies good movies shows they've done like McFarland USA. They did Miracle, which sports wise is flawless. Yeah, and um they they were the the team on this movie, and I asked her about it, and after learning like what they have control over, what they don't. I kind of assumed that they didn't have much control over this. She starts shaking her head and laughing. <laughs> they weren't in charge, obviously. They weren't in charge of any casting aside from extras and the left-handed kid who is the next Sandy Koufax. They, they cast him mm -hmm. who can actually throw baseball well. Sure. And she said that, that Eastwood and the team behind it were so insistent on not changing anything from – things as minute as when the kids hitting BP at the end of the movie, having the catcher in the turtle when that when they, they said, Hey, that like this wouldn't be a thing yeah. and insisted on everything that everything that they said went, they, they specifically took steps to not acknowledge the, the advice that they were given. Oof. So th that makes me think even less of this movie. Somehow. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, I was going to say, how many? Oh shit, Amy Adams hasn't won. She's been nominated six times for Academy Awards. Eastwood's yep. won a bunch. John Goodman, just a great, you know, probably an under-awarded, great actor, great character actor, just like consistently wasted throughout this. And I, I do want to follow on to what you were just saying too. There are so many details in this movie. If is it the worst baseball movie? It's the worst baseball in a movie. Right. None oh, yeah, of it is yeah. right. That's rough. None of it is right. Yeah. From the five tool talent who is. A <laughs> he's not the most athletic actor they could have chosen. No. Right? Nope. To like they're sitting on the wrong side to scout the player at one point. Like all of this is just wrong. They totally get the draft wrong. Completely wrong. Like, oh, I have no idea. What's Ten going. minutes. Anyone. I'm not saying it's me. I could have fixed them. Anyone could have fixed them. Right. Anyone who spent. A minute working in or covering the sport could have fixed 90% of those problems quickly. It doesn't surprise me if they want to change anything. I'm sure somebody told them, hey, this is wrong. And they're like, yeah, we got that. We don't need you. So, Keith, when you were with the Blue Jays, um, yeah. how many signs and trades in the draft did you guys uh, expect? Oh, yeah, every year. It was the most exciting part was all the trading of draft picks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah trying, to, trying to trade, trade up from two to one. Like, I get that they, you can take liberties with this type of stuff to make a more interesting movie. But when your movie sucks and you have these technical issues as well, it's mm -hmm. it just adds on to it. This is not a case of, you know, like Moneyball, for instance. I, and Keith and I both have our issues with that movie, I think it's fair to say. Just a few. Just a few. But it's also, you know. Keith, Keith, has, Keith has more. I think that there are, that you can take that movie, me personally, and say, there are quality aspects to this film that, you know what, if you need to take some liberties, that's okay. If you want to ignore the fact that there yes. are three Cy Young Award winners and stuff like that. But when you're 10 pounds of crap in a five pound bag and yeah. you're talking about sign and trade. Are you talking about the five tool player there? Are, are you're talking about a five tool. Come on, man. Like that, that's the type of thing too, where you're going to lose. You've already lost your big audience by being a movie that is melodramatic and false and horribly paced and makes these wide tonal changes. Like mm -hmm. I, I will talk, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but like going from where they are to all of a sudden the scene about Amy Adams almost being sexually molested 
is one of the widest turns I've ever seen and completely unearned and completely um, just emotionally manipulative as hell. When you've already lost that audience and then you're losing your baseball audience by making a movie that is just completely unrealistic. It's a bad look, man. Yeah. Yeah. Especially so much of the realism. Like we, we go into the, the casting of the five, two player and stuff like that, but so many things are, Hey, this sentence doesn't work. You just, you just need to change this. It is so many things that wouldn't have taken much effort. Like, yeah, no, like sometimes a script is not going to be perfect. Dialogue is not always going to work, but it is, there is so much wrong that would just be like the, the sign, the draft and trade thing. Like there, there are big structural problems, big deep seated issues in this mm-hmm. movie, but it's, it's like, it's like they hit every branch on the shit. Yeah. <laughs> like every single, every single yeah, thing, like every single thing that could have messed up. And you're talking about like the a- actors, I counted it and it, there are 10 actors in this movie that I, that I love them in a movie. I love, Yeah, which is, right. which is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eastwood Adams, Timber, like Tim and, and where, from where they're at, like, e- I guess Eastwood is literally just going to work forever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's, I actually, in kind of research for this movie, I watched dirty Harry for the first time this past, mm. this past oh. weekend. And like, yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah. Like sure. I, I get it. I get it. I have a lot of questions about uh, how the city of San Francisco <laughs> prosecutes criminals in that movie. But, mm-hmm. You know, I can get over it. Um, Amy Adams started kind of st- starting her ascent. Like she, she pairs this movie with the master. In wow. The same year. That's, yeah. Which is, uh, I forgot about that. This, this and PTA uh, Timberlake's coming off the social network. Still my favorite thing he's been 100%. in. 100%. Um, oh, but yeah, like definitely. Goodman, Robert Patrick, Lillard, um, the the warden from Shawshank. Like there's just it's rich with Eddie Harris from Major League. It's just rich with these these great character actors and it fucking wastes every single one. It's it's honestly impressive how bad it is. Like it's it's really it's really special. I got to get this this incredible zinger in before I forget about it. Movie, you couldn't have Robert Patrick say you're terminated. Come on, man. Nah. <laughs> it was right there. It's it true. was right there, man. Come I'm on. I'm sure someone suggested it. Maybe. Yeah. It yeah. yeah. The, the whole thing is just, I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't really pull much IMDb trivia. There wasn't really anything worth, worth discussing, except uh, this is the debut of the screenwriter, Randy Brown, who has, aside from this, one additional writer. Yeah, I bet. So I can't is, believe people weren't lining up to hire that guy. And as far as I understand, this movie, and actually it's interesting because I had Christian Lemire and Alonzo Duralde from Breakfast All Day on oh, yeah. my Circling the Base you podcast yeah. to talk about, episode. thank you very much, um, to talk about this. And this is Christie's least favorite baseball movie. Alonzo's is Ed, which by the way, um, yep, that would probably be up there as well. But again, a difference in- Is that um, a horse? Yeah, no, Ed is a monkey. That's a chimpanzee. Ed, Ed is a, a chimpanzee playing third baseman with Joey Tribbiani. Um but more tools oh, than this yeah. more tools. Yes, it's and it's it's more tools. really good. Keith and I will watch it after the show. Um it's uh <laughs> it's um but what Christy was saying is that the guy who directed this movie, Clint Eastwood basically did this guy a favor by getting this film made. And I think he's directed one other movie since then. I believe it's called The Marksman. It sounds vaguely familiar. I couldn't tell you. Anything about it? My guess is from the title is Mark Wahlberg is in it. Nope, Liam Neeson. Same thing. Um, but like this film was like 
Clint Eastwood doing his buddy a favor. And I think the real favor he should have done is said, let's not do this. Yeah, your movie <laughs> let's, sucks. Let's, your yeah. movie is really bad. Now he's, look, he didn't, uh, not credited as the writer, obviously, and stuff like that. But like, this is just like a huge mistake. It, it is easily, and Clint Eastwood has done some bad movies, one of them involving a monkey, especially. <laughs> this is like, I will remember this, and it's unfortunate from, you know, a guy I disagree with basically everything that comes out of his mouth lately, mm-hmm. but has been one of the most prolific filmmakers for a very long time. Yeah. Do you know what happens the same year that this movie comes out? Is the the empty chair speech. At the uh, oh, my God, yes. What a year. Yep. What a year for Clint. There's one piece of IMDb trivia that I found interesting um, it, that actually relates to a way they could have fixed this mm-hmm. movie. It was it, it, just a quote. It said on the subject of baseball scouts, Eastwood said in an interview, these guys have a tremendous responsibility. True, because they're often signing players who are 17, 18 year olds to major league contracts. Not entirely true. With a lot of money dropped in their laps, scouts have to be part psychologist as well as having an eye for the game so they can be sure they're not betting on the wrong horse. So he had the knowledge that part of what scouts do is evaluate the player as a person. Mm-hmm. Will this will this guy work? Will this guy take instruction? Is this someone that you want to bet on as a person? And this movie completely ignores everyone in the front, everyone scouting this kid, yep. ignores the obvious, the obvious device that they should have used for why this kid wasn't who they want to draft because he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Exactly, dude. Like he's he's a, he's an asshole, and he's he. If they shift this entire movie, not to like you could get away with the bad actor, bad swing whatever if you're saying like if Clint Eastwood is calling if he's telling the Atlanta front office this is not who we you want this isn't the person you want to bring into your organization like he has talent he's not gonna work he's a jerk whatever and then at the end the big reveal is the owner sees him like I don't know be do something bad Mm -hmm. like do something bad to someone because like Listen, you don't you don't have to be a good person to be successful at baseball, but like no. majority of the time, you do have to have a work ethic. Yep. You do have to you do have to take your craft seriously, and that is something that you could have made it obvious that this guy would not do. And instead, it is all about a a swing flaw. But that that you know, the, no one who has any mechanical flaws gets drafted. So that's that's a good point. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's a good point that they make. Yeah, yeah. Never, mm-hmm. never. Yeah, if obviously they were expecting this kid to be uh, on their major league roster the next year, as we often see for uh, players. It's not it, he's in high school, right? That this kid who's being uh, yes, okay, yeah. Um, what a horrific teammate and what a, a one note character, which this film is just full of. Just well, that's one, the, it's a lost yeah. opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been mm-hmm. interesting to have like, you know, some backstory here to talk about, like maybe why this kid is an asshole and why yeah. this kid uh, is going through these issues. But instead, you play, portray him as this jerk who, look, you, what you're doing is you're framing that at the end of the day, you want to root against this kid. So you want yes. him to be right mm-hmm. about being wrong with the trouble with the curve for all credits. It's just the problem is. That that all of that stuff is meaningless. Every single thing about like showing that kid being a jerk to his teammates and being a jerk to uh, opposing players, meaningless. It, it adds nothing to the table because it's all based on the fact that Clint Eastwood is Daredevil. This is what this whole thing is based <laughs> on: is that Clint Eastwood becomes Daredevil in this movie. Uh, what? 
Why? They should have they should have had like a baseball get fouled back into the stands and he just out of nowhere oh just grabs it. That would have been it. so good. And like the just literally the Right, well at that no point lean into the absurdity, right? Yeah. At that point, just be like, We're going to five blades, right? We're just bucket. Like we're just going all the way at this point. They they could have done that. But this that is this movie has no humor, no sense no. of humor about anything, not about its subject matter, certainly not about itself. It is an utterly joyless exercise. And just about every baseball movie I've ever seen that I would even say was passable has humor in it. They're not all funny necessarily, no. but there's generally humor worked into it. Like this one just can't. It's so self-serious and so sure of its message, which makes me think the book has got to be like, must make your eyes just melt down your oh face, right? Because it, yeah, it is like so sure of old baseball people. They had it the right way. Like, hey, look, I thought the way Moneyball, the movie in particular, treated scouts was horrendous. Yes. That said, this ain't the answer. This is no. just going all the other way. And like, <laughs> scouts are magic. Yes, this they movie are. is the bo- the boomer wet dream about baseball. Yes, the thing that this, yes, it is. this fundamentally, this movie un- misunderstands, and it's the thing that Moneyball gets gets wrong on purpose is that yeah. technology and scouting is married together. Absolutely, and we've seen mm-hmm. when when an organization goes away from one or the other, they they pay for it. Like yes. it, yep. it doesn't it doesn't work out. I saw Corey Lee play. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. Um, he's fine. Is he first but, round good? No. no. Right? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. so it, it's it's that and this again. This movie could have done like it could have could have married it perfectly. Could if if it had had its head not up its own ass. You th- there is a version of this movie that's good. There there is a version. It would take a lot of changes, but the plot like what you have, I would I would. I would love to see it. Let's take a quick ad break, and then I'm going to ask these guys if anything worked in this movie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. So did anything work in this movie? I actually, I, I had some stuff. Okay. Did, did anything, did anything work? I will defer to you guys. Chris, do you want to go? <laughs> no, cause I'm going to, I really got to think about it. Um, I don't know if anything really works in this movie. There's, there's a couple things. Uh, okay. One, it is under two hours. When you do a movie oh, okay. podcast, that's very, sure. important. Yeah. very important. It could, this, you could have seen a scenario where this movie is like two hours and 20 minutes. 
Like there's probably oh, yes. God, yeah. yes. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. well I can't believe that's... we haven't seen the director's cut. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh gosh. Oh, yeah, release the Snyder I mean, cut of Trouble with the Curve. <laughs> release, <laughs> release the release the Red Lens cut. Oh, um yeah. I will say though, while it is under two hours, it does not feel like it's under two hours. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to get home early from something like that, congratulations to the movie on doing that at least. No, yeah, it feels like a root canal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes, there is one baseball centric piece of dialogue or one one speech that I thought actually and and again, I don't give them any credit for this because I think they were just throwing shit against the wall that they thought sounded good. There's a conversation between Timberlake and Adams where they're talking about how his career panned out. And he has Mm -hmm. the quote uh, where he's talking about pitching, pitching through his arm, being sore and pitching through injury or pitching through being hurt with the, the fear of I was afraid if I did, if I spoke up, they'd find somebody else. Uh, that's yeah. a real fear. I've heard players say that exact thing. Sure. Like there is the, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to be the guy who pulls yourself out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, what a, what a true statement in a movie full of mistruths. I was in yeah. yeah. again. That's why I give them no credit because I, I don't think it was intended. I think it's a happy accident for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I, I think, you know, it's funny like this, it's bad, but like if you gave me the choice, Give me the Timberlake Adams scenes over everything else that is going in this movie. At uh, least yeah. those are two, yeah. two attractive people that are giving a, at least an effort here. Like there Clint Eastwood is, yeah, an attempt was made. Um, the the you tried Bart Simpson's cake is being yeah. carried by those guys in that movie. Um, but at least they're they're giving an effort. Like Clint Eastwood is just sleepwalking through this movie. By the way, I have to talk when about he's not things. urinating. Yeah. Yeah, through this movie. Well, see, he's here's the hard thing. in that scene. Yeah, here's, here's the thing with that one, Keith. You talked about the lack of humor when that movie when it opens up. I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be one of those type of movies where they're like making fun of the old guy and they're making fun of him being blind and they're making fun or not being able to see or like it's going to be one of those type of movies where they're going to try to mix in some humor. All of that is gone after yep. that first five minutes. Nothing literally else. pisses it out. It, it, it out. Yeah, literally, right? yeah, absolutely. Along with any goodwill I had had for the movie. <laughs> the, I, two things about the the Timberlake character. Number one, the laziest fucking nickname of any character I think I've heard. Johnny the Flame Flanagan. Come the, come on, man. Wow, it's good to see you, man. It's Johnny. Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Johnny the Flame Flanagan. Nobody's called me that in a little while. Yeah, well, you used to throw the cover off a ball. I used to. What are you doing, boy? I'm here uh, doing the same thing you are now. I'm scouting for the Red Sox. You don't know anything about scouting. Don't tell them that. Yeah. Come on, at least, like, it just really bothers me when their movies are so lazy with with that type of stuff. It sounds like, hey, the fantastic fifth, the guy who couldn't quite get into into the movie. Also, Keith, in your time with the Blue Jays, um, how many times did you see uh, former prospects uh, working their way to become play-by-play announcers? Are you kidding me? Like, that's the most unrealistic thing, I think, about this movie, honestly, is that this guy is working as a scout to try to become a A play-by-play announcer in the organization. How stupid does this movie think we are? And he implies that if they get the first overall pick right, that's his shot to the booth. Yeah. Is, I mean, uh, Aaron Goldsmith <laughs> has told me many times that the reason why he got his job is because he was scouting. No, I, I, this is just absolute drivel nonsense crap. I, I, yeah. What, what This movie made me 
so angry. And angry. we haven't even talked yeah. about the reason that it made me the angriest. The Matthew <laughs> Lillard character is one of the most one note annoying pieces of shit and it's not matthew lillard's fault i can tell you that much right now it's a joy i can Uh, name like five things i love he is so good in the descendants especially in just a short little piece of time in that movie he is so good in that film and he's he's carried a few other you know he's been in some real dog crap too as most actors at that time frame are is a young actor who took some roles that uh he probably looks back on and says it paid for the Malibu house, but that's the thing. He had, but, he had to work. I don't yeah, think he absolutely. ever had that reach that point where it's like, I can pick and that's choose a great what point. I need to do. It's a, like, I gotta take roles. A hundred thousand percent. But this character, whether it was intended to just be the most anti-analytic thing in baseball or not, is so lazy and yeah. so one note. The line at the end where he says something about how much money it costs to bring those parents over and stuff like that. Like no character would be that fucking dumb to say. (laughs) No character would ever be that dumb. This is supposed to be some um, analytical genius that says something as stupid. I know that analytical people are not necessarily uh, always the greatest in rooms, but nobody would be that dumb. Something in his brain would have calculated. You do not say something this stupid. It is the laziest one note piece of shit. Yeah. I've ever seen. And I, I, Matthew Lillard get every bag possible for j- having to put up with stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. it's, Man. That, that I, I would say that that is probably, that's your strikeout. The worst part about the movie, the Lillard character. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. 100% the Lillard character. And there's a lot of choices here. Bo Gentry is like a horrifically written character. Oh, awesome. Do we want to talk about, do we want to have the Gentry conversation? Just yeah, everything. We have to have the Gentry. Oh, it's such a lost opportunity, right? This movie yeah, is much, is what we much more. Oh, God. <laughs> the movie is much more interesting if that character is a real person, right? If that's actually a three-dimensional character. A billion percent. It salvages the movie, but they're not interested in it. There's the, this movie has no. zero curiosity about anything other than preaching to us that old white men are good. That's basically (laughs) it. And math is scary and young people are scary and change is bad. That's it. There's (laughs) zero curiosity anywhere about really even the main characters, but particularly Bo Gentry could have been a core character, but instead he is a prop. Anyone could have played it, played that character. I mean, clearly they picked someone who doesn't look at all like the description and he's barely there. And he's there. He's Chris, you said it earlier. It's one note. It's one note and it's, it's a wrong note. 100%. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It is. It is like when your uh, daughter uh, gets a clarinet for the first time, like that type <laughs> of thing where you're just hearing the same one note over and over and over again. And it's just bludging yeah. you. And that exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. It's it is the opposite of Lisa Simpson playing her saxophone man. It is it's but the yeah, like you said, it could have been really interesting. Yes. And here's the thing, too. When there's no other character, and I know they introduced way down the line, you introduce the left-handed pitcher. That could be the the other option. When there's no other person to be selected for this thing, it's not interesting. 
It's basically, if they don't select Bo Gentry, who the fuck are the Braves picking? We have no rooting interest here other than knowing that they're not. We don't even true. hear about the guy the Red Sox take with the first pick. Right. I don't get it. Yeah. And with Gentry, too, they it's it's wild that they never have a conversation between he and Clint Eastwood. And they even establish in the movie that when when Eastwood's character was scouting Timberlake, I'm not even gonna not even gonna use their character names. No, no, no. I, I don't remember any of them. Exactly. The scouting Timberlake <laughs> that they spend a lot of time together and they developed a relationship because yes. that's that's what that scout is there. That scout has to learn the that's kid. what actual area scouts do. And we don't get one conversation between there's not a scene where Gus shows up at at Gentry's house to talk to him and his dickhead selling autographs. Like he doesn't get he doesn't get any yes. read. So there's there's the obvious. Oh my god! It's it's crazy. There's there's the obvious like he doesn't look like a ball player. His swing is terrible. None of any time he swings like there's the he hits like the ball that off the bat you can tell it's gonna be the pop up to second base and it goes a mile out in left field. Like there's <laughs> there's that stuff with how clearly untalented the guy is. But then it's it's the lack. It's the the lack of character development because they could have, you know, what they could have done is they could have just replaced. They could have they had Scott Eastwood there, who at least like looks the part. Scott Eastwood looks athletic. He looks he looks like he could feasibly yeah. be a five tool player. He's good looking. He's tall. He could probably run. He he can't swing. We see that. But they they could have done that. But they they so underdeveloped the character that it, it again it like you guys said it literally. Did not matter. And Chris, I want to run this by you. You know who was 24 years old, has played a baseball player before, and a pretty athletic guy, and and could have been this guy is Glenn Powell at that time was 24 years oh old. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, yes. Or you know, like would Tyler Hoechlin would have been able to do that was something my like pick. this? He, he was. He would have been great. Well, yeah. I have a scout friend. I've told probably both of you guys this story, but I a good friend of mine, a longtime scout, saw Tyler in college and said he was pretty good like probably yeah. not really a pro prospect but a very good college player probably could have played a year or two in the minors like as an org guy but that's sure it. obviously tyler had other things but he's he's made comments in interviews too he's really just a ball player inside yeah um, which i think is awesome and like yeah there are guys like that out there they're available and you didn't even try you didn't try to mm-hmm. find someone who looked like a ball player, especially look like an athlete. Really, they have to look like an athlete first and sure. foremost. And then second is, in this case, somebody who could just swing a bat convincingly. Yeah, like, 100%. A lot, of people who, a lot of people who never played past high school could at least swing a bat convincingly enough for – he barely does it in the movie. Yeah, no. it's, it's it's not to physically shame him either. But no. It, the body type is obvious that it, this isn't this right. isn't your this isn't the second overall pick. I it's think- not his fault. Yeah, no, right? it's not yeah. a this is Dan Vogelbach, who, who, yeah, you know, what got paid over a million dollars out of high school and has had a very credible major league career, but was not a first round pick or even a second round pick. And I saw Vogelbach, he was at a bunch of showcases, and he was the kid too. He was actually heavier in high school, as was oh, yeah. worse conditioning. Mm-hmm. And he would walk up, and people would snicker, and then he'd swing, and you'd be like, oh, okay, I guess yeah. he can hit. Yeah. Right? That was a re- he was real. That. That player exists, but if you saw Dan Vogelbach, if I just gave you video of him, you didn't know, you didn't know who it was, and you saw a couple of Vogelbach swings from high school, you'd say, "Oh yeah, that guy can play. That guy can right. hit." They could have done that too. He wouldn't have been a five-tool player, but it would have been credible. Nobody would have been thing, like, "We don't man. have this conversation at that point." That was such a good swing on a what's the word? Rather, you know, full-figured 
yes. 17, 18 year old. I think he was probably mm-hmm. 17 the first time I saw him. You're like Burly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're willing to overlook some of it though. You're saying, sure. okay, that's you know what? It's a ball player. That guy can hit. He's a DH, but he can hit. He's had a hell of a big league career for you know somebody who was, I frankly, dismissed by a lot of people, including some scouts, as a fat kid. Well, yeah, fat kid, fat kid made good. I'm, that kid I'm, did real I'm good. I'm good man. with that. And you know yeah, what? There's yeah. there's a oh, there's a guy like that probably every year. This actor does not fit that. And I'm not blaming the actor. You blame the casting people, right? They 100%. didn't go find mm-hmm. Dan Vogelbach or Rowdy Tellez, another one, one of those future DHs. If they weren't going to go all the way and find the five tool guy, at least find someone who can swing a bat and can hit. Yeah. And th- those guys exist. Yeah. Well, and and then the reason it goes back to the reason they give us that he's not going to work. Even if they're giving us all the bullshit about the, the, the five tools, whatever it's the, the reason that they give us that, I mean, aside from the fact that they decide after one BP session that he, the, you know, he was, he was a boss. Oh, yeah, he's done. Yeah, um, done toast. Yeah. That, uh, but it, it's, it's a mechanical flaw. Like that, that's oh, yeah. the thing that, that it, it goes to that whole thing. Like it had no idea what defines, what defines a, a, bust and like what makes a a player and that is so that bp session is so insignificant Mm -hmm. like just so insignificant especially if you're facing the next sandy koufax allegedly mixed with steve carlton and randy johnson one of the worst worst things ever written yeah ever yeah looks like sandy koufax yep combined with steve carlton and randy johnson that's not even his best pitch Show him a curve. Um, it, but a, a BP session against that, and and Keith, we we talked about this when you when you came on the show originally to talk about this movie, and that like that's the thing with high schoolers. Most of them have not, and, and now with the the travel ball circuit, they're you know more guys face good stuff, but at the same time, you don't face stuff like this on a day in and day out basis. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of guys, it it takes some adjustment. Some people go to the GCL or whatever it is now and hit two hundred. Even the best guy, it just it just happens. Cleo yeah. Watson, and, right? Tamar yeah. Johnson had struggled when he first went out this summer. I think he got better as the season went on. But these these were they're going to hit. These guys are going to hit right away. They don't yeah. all. Turns out, pro baseball's hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And by the way, whoever the Atlanta Braves PR person should have been fired immediately as soon as they <laughs> let that left-handed pitcher onto the mound. Right. Because <laughs> what good does that do? Like it's an opportunity to just embarrass the guy you just took with your second overall pick mm-hmm. like what good comes from that why why wouldn't you just have this kid throwing a bullpen session you know after this kid plays you know why would you even risk embarrassing this player and your scouting department and is Robert Patrick the owner of the Braves or the general manager? What exactly is his role? I mean, <laughs> president I, of baseball operations. It's really, I, it's just really confusing. But that guy should be fired immediately too, because you don't know. Like, yeah, the this is the whole thing too about the whole. It's basically ten days of looking at this guy, which is such bullshit. Oh my god! Organizations yeah, yeah. put in years of work on these players and get a chance to talk to families and get to touch to talk to friends and have ideas about there is a I'm reason going why this these- weekend to a high school showcase and, and and i'm late you know i just because the draft is so late but right. you know the problem now you guys know this i'm sure many of your listeners know this too 
The problem with the draft being as late as it is now, it's at the all-star break, is right. that a lot of the subsequent year's scouting has already begun. So you're taking guys who have not technically finished their cycle for the current year's players and saying, hey, go out and start next year too. But we're going to have to call you right. and ask you to do a bunch of stuff for the draft that's happening while you're on the Cape or at the, you know, uh, not the area code games, some of the other showcase things that are happening to that point in the summer. So this is a year plus long process and they're acting like hey, it's 10 days have we seen that guy hey we should go see that guy <laughs> we should go see the guy who might go one one well that's <laughs> the thing with this there's game. no scouting reports in the system yeah, maybe you shouldn't geez. fucking take him i think um i think when keith when you were on we talked about it was right after um because we we compared similar state austin beck it was right after beck yeah. how many how many baseball personnel were at beck's last few high school games oh god i'm gonna guess Actually, his last few were probably fewer because by that point it was pretty clear he was going the top 10 or so. But God, the day he, I wasn't there, the day he doubled up with Mackenzie Gore, they weren't playing each other, but you could get both the same day. I got him like a week later and I wish I'd gotten earlier game because it would have been a better look at Beck too. I saw Beck in a mercy rule blowout, et cetera. But you know, I heard there were 60 or 70 guys there where they're actually, and there probably could have been 40, but there was, there was a big crowd, right? Because that was what happens without, I mean, I'll draw on a different example. I saw Byron Buxton very late his senior year and it was me. Yes. Yeah. It was me and uh, five players from the top five teams in the draft that year and nobody else, not because he wasn't good, but because everyone else was like, he's not getting us. If he gets to pick six or eight or 12, we're just taking him. We've already yeah. seen him. So it's not the last few games, but in this case, in this world where nobody scouts a player until the last week of the season, they should all be there. <laughs> and they have no grasp of who he is. It's like, should we send our area scout down to see him? Right? Cause it's like draft day actually does the same thing. The Coster movie where they oh, trade my. up for the number one pick. And it's like, Oh, we got to figure out, we got to figure out if this quarterback's worth it. We just traded up for the number one pick. Like in, in every draft, this is such like, it is so important that all these reports are done. You know, everything about all these guys that you need to see. And in this, it is, it is Eastwood and Timberlake and like three other old guys. And those mm-hmm. are the only guys there to see the possible second pick in the draft. Yeah. It's there's no, no GM, no, no, no ownership group, no anything. I want to say too, with draft day, one of the things I think Draft Day actually gets right, and it's a very flawed movie. But <laughs> the, the whole Pine Turner thing. Oh my gosh, you should you should watch it. Namely, because the scout's name is Chris Crawford, and I am extreme, <laughs> or excuse me, the agent's name is Chris Crawford, which is pretty cool. Um, but one of the things that movie does well is I forget the name of the quarterback, but they at least Bo Callahan. Bo Callahan. Something you about really, the name Bo. Bo. It's yeah, always exactly. Bo. That's funny. Um, you are left kind of guessing whether or not this kid is actually really good or really not. It never actually tells you whether or not Bo Callahan is going to end up being a bust. Obviously it ended up not being a fit for the Browns and that whole trade up trade down thing is just absolute nonsense. That is on par with trouble with the curves issues at the very end of the movie. But at the very least, there is some gray material about what, what you think about what is going to happen with Bo Callahan. You talked about the area scouts. I wanted to bring this up real quick. Mm-hmm. I've t- made a couple of Simpsons references in this thing. The laziness of having the person who followed and is spying on um, 
uh, Amy Adams and uh, Clint Eastwood uh, basically being having it's the equivalent of the dog having the shifting eyes going left, right, left of like you, <laughs> you telegraph so much that this guy is that is what he is there to do. There right. is no nuance in this movie. And that is a prime example of it. That guy who was just clearly there to find what what is he there to watch him like take notes is he there just to find out if he's actually showing up what is going on with that character because that character doesn't talk about um he only he only relays to lillard about like gus has some young girl with him or something like (laughs) that it's never it's never like you know he says something about he hits everything and stuff like that but it's never like oh he thinks a swing looks great and it's it's just the whole thing is so clueless about what matters with an amateur baseball player, with a baseball player in general. Like the worst is when Lillard is, has his computer open and he's just like, he's got the smug look on his face and he's just like fawning over his stats. And he's like, he got a 748 OPS yeah. and he's just like doing all this stuff in like three, <laughs> a North Carolina high school baseball. Like, he, I'm, sure, <laughs> he, I'm sure, I'm sure the first thing you look at is got, got to see if the guy doesn't have, you know, the best stat. it's, it's all about who has the best stats. In high oh, school. absolutely. Oh, yeah. but, I mean, actually, if you make this movie today, um, you know, trouble with the high spin rate for seam fastball, <laughs> right? You could actually have that guy, you know, if if they bothered to ask anybody who's saying, yeah, we have this data that shows, hey, his peak exit velocity isn't that strong, or, you know, he actually has trouble with curveballs with these characters, right? That we have data. We have more data on high school players than we ever did before. At the time that this movie was filmed, and certainly in the era that it's thinks it's portraying we really didn't have much data to go on for for high school players it was basically like what they do over the summer and make sure they didn't suck in the spring although plenty we i mean i think of james wood last year at img who was awful in the spring of 21 and has done nothing but hit since he got into pro bowl so even that's not that determinative but in this film's universe Again, it's the lack of curiosity. We just don't care. We don't care what's real. We don't care about what issues we might be delving into. We just need to be like, science is bad. Scary numbers, things. We're going to trust the scout with his gut in his leaky bladder. It's not even his gut either. It's the, it's the, the idea that he's hearing something oh, yeah. with this. Again, Daredevil, the scout, is just such a really wacky like ass thing. <laughs> to make a premise for a what a movie that I guarantee you Kyle do you know who the studio for this movie was I think it was Fox I'm just hoping uh, it's not universal cuz I don't want to get fired Warner um or, <laughs> yeah that makes sense I, honestly I guarantee you Warner <laughs> That's why Brothers it's on HBO like, now like why Warner Brothers would have absolutely been campaigning this for Oscars if this movie was in it. <laughs> I mean, absolutely would have been campaigning this thing because you've got these all of these stars and you've got, a, again, a, a guy who has, especially if Clint Eastwood would have directed this movie, of course, the movie would have been a lot more interesting. All due respect to some of the bad movies he's made, Clint Eastwood makes a better movie than this. There's zero mm-hmm. doubt in my entire mind. But they would have been pushing for this thing to be Oscar bait. It had a release date too that suggests, you know, it's most, it used to be more about like November, December. Nowadays, September, October is big time Oscar Beatty type stuff. I just, I, I, I am flummoxed how a movie studio couldn't have been looking at dailies of this thing and saying, giving the Jack Donahue, shut it down, shut mm-hmm. the whole fucking thing down. Yeah, right. 
because this is going to be a disaster. And critically, it was a disaster. 51% is not as bad as I would have guessed. I'm curious about the It's not as bad score. as it, what it deserves. Oh, no, but it, absolutely but it also, not. But it also did make money. And it is, I mean, a sports movie, those usually make money. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's usually something that gets people to the theater. I would wonder if baseball, this is a st- big tangent, I guess, but... The baseball movies also not sell as well globally, right? You don't have the European market. You yeah, know, that's a good the Chinese point. market is huge right now for international revenues, and that's not really there. Obviously, there's some international markets that'd be interested, but it's not soccer, basketball, maybe even American football, um, which at least you know has some global footprint. Baseball doesn't have that, which is sad on a bigger level. I'm not sorry this movie didn't make any money. Every dollar it made, it didn't deserve. I say that as somebody who contributed eight or ten dollars or whatever it was to go to go hate watch this movie specifically. <laughs> it's incredible that MLB agreed for its licensing to be used in this movie. This movie is the the blackest mark on Bud Selig's record as commissioner. Being in, being in <laughs> yes, I agree. Allowing this to happen. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's a disaster. I mean, even the small stuff, like we, we've we talked about mainly the big stuff, but like, we, you know, there there's like the, the small stuff that could have been fixed in one sentence, the draft and trade deal. Like we would have, you know, we would have that, that takes two seconds. One person who's watched the draft one time to, uh, to know, know that's not a thing. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like no one talks like a, like a baseball, like, like I think Eastwood says pitch a hundred mile an hour fastball. No one says that. Nope. <laughs> no one talks about it. Um, the, the concept, they don't understand baseball teams as a whole. Like the team, one, the team would still hate Bo. I played with guys who were really good at baseball and were dicks. Yep. And we all treated them like they were a dick. Yeah. Like that just happened. Yep. They have the scene where the skinny kid with glasses who, why is he hitting in front of Bo? Oh, that's a great movie. question too. But he gets, he gets, he takes one for the team. He gets on base. Bo hits the walk off. Not a single person gives the kid a high five as he's coming in to score just it it wouldn't happen it's no. it's a fundamental misunderstanding of how team sports work yeah. literally would not happen they wouldn't just big league this kid in, in favor of the the guy coming around the bat like that stuff like that makes me so mad it thinks it's like so smart and being so clever and funny and like hey they didn't even give the kid a high five it's like no they would be they would be just as psyched when that kid is coming around the bases because he he took that hit by pitch in order to extend the inning it just mm-hmm. it's a fundamental misunderstanding it's really disappointing and that's what everybody wants some got so right to is understanding the dynamic between teammates we talked about this on the podcast uh Kyle, when we did it, I think I mentioned it about 20 times. The thing that everybody wants them to get so right is that in that movie, every character at one point is amazing teammate and every care, every single character at one point is an amazing teammate. And every single character at one point is a tremendous asshole, just a huge (laughs) piece of shit that you don't want. And that is the most realistic thing I think about like college athletes and high school athletes and just college and high school friends. Every single one of my friends I have thought at some point in my life, uh, at that age particularly, I cannot wait to go give this guy a hug or a high five or thank him. And then at the other point, I'm thinking, I cannot wait to stab this guy with a fork in his eyeball. That is just the way you work as an 18 to 21 year old. They go through these things. But when you have a movie like Trouble with the Curve and every character is just that one bleeping note, it doesn't it doesn't play off. It's the best part about movies like trouble with the curve is they make you realize how good movies everybody wants them is. It's true. Yeah. 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 And it, it doesn't, 
I'll, I'll kind of put a bow on what didn't work in that everything. Oh, that's a play that, on words. <laughs> every everything that that getting all the big stuff wrong and then getting so much of the small stuff wrong means it. And Chris, you alluded to this earlier that you have no. This movie builds up no credibility, so you're you're not meant to care about any of this stuff the the weird assault left turn like oh my you're just not, gosh you, you just can't you you physically can't care about any of this um i i do want to say um do you guys know what they, they we talk about the or it's the dinner scene and the uh the the waiter mentions the gyre jersions through a no hit <laughs> and amy adams is a massive dick about it when he's like oh yeah he's blowing him away she i doubt that he uh, pitches the corners and sinks it so she's being a dick about it before this movie when this movie started filming this movie started filming in march of, of 2012 gyre jersions is coming off an all-star season he has a career 12.2 b war after this movie starts filming he has a career negative 1.8 B war. Ah. This, oh, this movie killed. This movie killed him. Oh no! Killed him. Killed oh him. man, file the lawsuit, buddy. I know the movie didn't make any money, but like y- y- they do a lot of weird accounting <laughs> stuff. You got to find a way to get something out. That whole scene, and that is also this movie is so patronizing. Or I always struggle with the pronunciation of that word of Amy Adams' baseball knowledge, like. It's it's great to I, I look how cool it is. Yeah, that her little yeah, lady brain yeah, exactly. can understand That's, the big man sport yeah. of baseball. <laughs> that is exactly it. Like it is not like it is not trying to further anything. It's just trying oh, to be like. No. And even like no. Matthew Lillard has some line about some girl or something like that is oh, is yeah. coming in here to show off the uh, the left handed pitcher. Like it is extremely unflattering towards her actual skills. That could have been interesting. It would have been interesting that she picked up all of this stuff, which uh, it's weird that she picked up all of this stuff, but also didn't spend very much time with him. Another no. kind of inconsistent thing about this movie, this movie might be bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it might be bad. It also <laughs> offers up a quite Amy Adams is when it's, when it's going, it's going it's like, she's good. Like a rival is just, all time good. Oh, for sure. Does Amy Adams have bad taste? Because like Keith, before when we did the last <laughs> podcast, she was kind of coming off a rival. Since since this move, since since we did our podcast in Trouble with the Curve like three years ago, her only credits are Hillbilly Elegy, The Woman in the Window, and Dear Evan Hansen. That Ooh, is it. That is oh my a, god, she a, was in Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, that is a full full Tom Amansky of bad. That is a back to back to back bad. Oh, that's horrendous. Uh, I, I I don't know if Evan Hansen uh, created by, was good. Uh, Universal Studios might actually be a really good movie. Who, who's to say? Uh, Universal Studios <laughs> makes great films. Uh, Comcast makes uh, really good products. Internet has never been an issue for anyone ever. This uh, is Amy Ad- my Amy Adams in a rival. <laughs> <laughs> in trouble with the car. <laughs> that's very, very funny. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, But yeah, like, uh, I'm excited for Disenchanted. That looks pretty interesting. Um, I, I'm excited because I think Enchanted is a really, really, really good movie and not just a good movie for the genre. It's an actually entertaining, actually well-produced good movie. film. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited for that. Um, with the fact that it's going straight to Disney Plus scares the heck out of me. By the way, the new Pinocchio movie is one of the worst things that I've ever seen. In I'm my not going to yeah. I'm life. not going to watch gonna that. I'm just going to pass gonna on. You're going to have to watch it. I'm going to. I am going to send messages that say, "Make him watch it." <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. 
I think we've given up on Bob Zemeckis. I think we've just oh, it's been, God. What what was when was Flight? Because I, oh, I liked parts of it's gotta Flight. be five years. I ago, right? really no, it's gotta be longer than that. It's it's I really liked the movie he did uh, with Joseph Gordon Levitt about um, uh, the guy who was doing the uh, the rope walk. Uh, I forget what it's called though. Oh, it, I'm I'm for, it, I'm familiar, but I didn't see that's a guy who does the the Wallendies. Is, is uh, that the family? I believe so. Yeah, and uh, the movie tanked hard, 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 hard. Um, the documentary Man on Wire, by the way, I, you know Keith and I both. Oh my god, movie. my wife and I. It's oh, yeah. the best. That's I'm our both our. No, oh my god, it's the it, best documentary. I've it's ever seen. so good, Kyle. You have to watch so it as good. soon as possible. I'm in. Um, but yeah, Bob Zemeckis is, is uh, really, really bad. Let's get him to direct Trouble with the Curve too. I mean, literally anyone could have done a better <laughs> job. Uh, it's so bad Chris, what's what's the worst scene in this movie oh the ending the the, the whole <laughs> ending thing with where he's, he's hitting these dingers and then all of a sudden amy adams comes walking in and says i have three pitchers who have nothing to do with each other and the fact that they're left-handed and is all of a sudden going to start throwing as hard as he can and try to embarrass my scout and as as uh robert patrick looks on and wonders if he's made the worst mistake of his life, which he has, <laughs> which he has um, actually, but he, being he in this movie. Yes. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I've made a huge it, tiny I, I just, there are some really <laughs> bad ones. I'll give you a second place one though. Justin Timberlake's. I hate bad play by play announcing. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. That scene where he's trying to be cute and recording the play by play with the kids playing in the park and stuff like that about like a rod. And he has this corny ass shit about like, he can't hit a beach with a boat or whatever. Yeah. That's really, really, really bad. And that's when I really knew I was in trouble with this movie. The first few scenes were like, oh, this isn't very good. It's look like it's going to be one of these OK Boomer type of movie or anti OK Boomer type of movies. And then that scene happened and I was like, oh, we are in trouble. Deep trouble. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. You, you were really in trouble with the curve. Yeah, uh, with that one, I I can't. I think. I mean, Keith, I'll defer to you, but I I think the BP session is just it combines everything bad about this movie into one one nice little package. BP session is terrible. The draft room conversation, which is just an absolute oh. mess of inaccuracy. But also, <laughs> there's talk that talk about them deferring to another team scout about right. yes. their pick. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um. But also, there's the awkward scene where amy adams strips to her underwear and is dancing and it's like what why is that here like what are we doing (laughs) it's so bad it is so So bad bad. it's so tacky like honestly i watched that it was like did you just like want a nude scene but you chickened out not that that would be okay but like it was just so pointless like there's no plot relevance to this at all and it's just like she's good looking let's do something with that i'm like you couldn't have made me feel any more gross like you've already just insulted my entire professional being now you're just gonna go like full misogyny too i mean honestly obviously it could have been worse i'm being exact i'm exaggerating sure. for comedic effect which this yeah. movie would not understand <laughs> it's just the same thing it's like the hell are you doing you no, couldn't have the, the whole crazy. scene Got a whole where they, they're like at the waterfront, right, or a dock or something. It's some, some ra- yeah, some yeah. random, some random lake. Apparently, they they filmed it in a in a real lake at first, and it was like fifty degrees. And oh, Timberlake, awesome. Timberlake started turning blue. 
And then they <laughs> decided, oh, we, we should probably film this in a water tank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that scene is totally unnecessary and drags on forever. forever. And that's the, that's the other thing about this movie, too, is there are some scenes that just go on so long so and long. have reached their conclusion. And then there are some other things where it's like, wait, what? Why, why is this over now? What are we are we ever going to watch the baseball scout scout a baseball player? Is that right. ever going to happen in nope. this movie? And I know he can't because he is vision impaired. But that's just not interesting, man. It is not in- Daredevil the baseball scout. I cannot believe that's a real thing. Right. It's it's her- and like you just you didn't need the romantic subplot. That's not what this movie is about. No. You can pick the baseball plot and you can have the father-daughter thing. That's what this movie should have been about. Yeah. We didn't we didn't need the stuff. Like Timberlake could have been a great sounding board for that character. Like a good, you know, you need you need someone for Mickey to talk to who is who is not her father so she can express things. But it's like we don't we don't care about them to getting together. The fucking when they walk out of the field. And they they walk past and he she he like gives her like the scenario the guess it you know guess the game like whatever mm-hmm. it is like they stole it from Little Big League which is a far better movie <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> than this movie. It is. It's true. It is. And it is. much like everything else with the twins, it gets widely overlooked. Um, <laughs> I think we've also gone over all the the worst quotes in this one. We've just said they're like the the Sandy Koufax one we talked about like. You guys, when you guys scout, like you guys like comping players is natural. Keith, I even know that you specifically sometimes say you don't like to comp players, but like, it's like, oh, he's could be this guy with this, you know, similar production, but it's like, man, this guy looks like a guy who retired 50 years ago. Yeah, right. That's who this guy reminds me. I mean, that's the thing you, you do do that when it's obvious, right? When it smacks me in the face. Yes, I will do that. Yeah. This guy looks like a beer league player. Right. This guy yeah. looks like someone out of the 40s. Right. Baseball players don't look like that anymore. They don't move like that. They don't swing like that if they're older than five. Like, that's just right. <laughs> you you do. Absolutely. Th- those are the scenarios where I don't mind. I, You know, I've made lots of comments on comps get very lazy. Well, he's another Stanford right hander. He's Mike Mussina. No, he's not. I'm, I'm going to put real money on. He's probably not the next Mike Mussina. And then, like, I mean, I, I see the Steve Carlton thing just because, like, him and Clint Eastwood vibe, apparently, just from what mm-hmm. I've what I've heard and seen about Steve Carlton. And then, like, Randy Johnson, who's a literal fucking unicorn. Like, yes. there's literally only yeah. been one person like him ever. And, um, yeah, it, it's all bad. The, the five-tool player stuff. Uh, when he says trouble with the curve, like, I, I groaned in agony last night. Oh, my, my God, wife started yes. laughing. Jesus Christ. Who is this kid? What do you say now, jackass? That's known as trouble with the curve. It's because usually I'm a sucker for that when they say the title of the movie. Oh god, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like, yeah, love that. It's like the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the pointing at the TV meme from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's like, hey, there's that. And in this one, I'm just like, oh fuck you. Yes, right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, most athletic moment in this movie, like that category is a given. There's one athlete in the movie, and it's the guy, it's the lefty throwing the bullpen. Like he looks good. Just shows up at the very end of the movie. Yep. Shows up at the, shows up the very we don't know how old he is. We don't know if he's even eligible to be signed. Yeah, right. He's know. actually 24, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he is, he's a he's a grown man. Yeah. Lenny Harris pinch hitter award. Shout out Lenny Harris for best supporting character. Um is anyone good in this movie? 
I, I, if I had to award it to somebody, I guess I would go John Goodman. That was my pick. It's probably just because I'm going to give John Goodman the award for pretty much everything. And he doesn't really do anything wrong. No, he doesn't. Exactly. He's completely, he's 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 innocuous. He is completely innocuous. That's, that's such a, a great way to put it. He like, he doesn't elevate anything, but he doesn't cause this shit to fall further down into the crevasse. Like, there's, I can't think of anybody else who would be even kind of deserving for this award. Shout out to the, the nerd kid uh, who got, by the way, that's like one of the few jokes that they try and it falls completely flat when he's praying that to get a hit. And that's, he says something like, that's not exactly what I meant or something like that. Uh, g- great effort. Good job. But like, there's nothing else in this movie that is worth giving any type of praise. The uh, the pizza delivery guy in the beginning of the movie when Clint Eastwood orders the pizza for breakfast um, is in Adventureland, and I picked him just because <laughs> oh, I like it. it yeah, me of Adventureland. Which That's is right, Matt like. Bush. Yeah, I was funny because I was looking at the IMDb and I was like, "What is Matt Bush in the movie?" And then it's like, "Oh, okay, that that's." I don't. I don't think he was. I don't think he was available. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Ad- Ad- Adventureland <laughs> is really, uh, really, really good. I love Adventureland. Yeah, that's, me too. Uh, that's one I enjoy enjoy revisiting. Um, we'll be quick with this category: best time, worst time. Which character had the best time over the course of this movie, and which character had the worst time over the course of this movie? It's more fun. We we um, we first did this category when we covered Speed, which is a lot more fun a movie to decide about <laughs> this. I feel like every character in this movie has a terrible time. Oh yeah, no one in this movie likes anything that's going on with their lives. Nope, they're they're all tr- having trouble with the curve, and literally yeah. and figuratively through the thing. Um, I would guess that Justin Timberlake is probably having the best time because he's connecting with his uh, the old scouts and having a a, a romance with uh, the, the old scout's daughter. But like, he's also struggling with th- that. This movie fucking sucks. It's, I, I, I just I you can't it finish so it. Much. You can't like talk seriously about this. Movie. No, exactly. No. Yeah. Bo Gentry has a bad time because apparently he gets released after his first BP session. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what's the fastest a guy has ever been written off? Like I'm as a, as a twins fan, like I, I know, Keone Kavako kind of started out tough and it's oh, gotten yeah. still still pretty tough. But like, it's what's the great. fastest it's been like, this guy isn't it? There was one, I had to look it up. I guess he lasted a little longer than I thought. Aaron Aiken always comes up from in my mind. He was the 12th overall pick in 1997. And by, I think before 2000 ended, he was out of baseball completely. Wow. Damn, that's that's pretty man. quick for a first rounder because you know they give those guys extra shots. Yeah, that's like, he didn't even... Yeah, didn't even finish out his his minor league man. That's yeah, yeah right. He didn't even get you know to minor league free agency. He was just awful. Yeah, he was a community college guy out of Kansas. I never saw him. Last time I he's been coaching for a long time. Or had been last I'd heard of him, but I never. This was a little bit before I went to the Blue Jays. Um, it was funny. I remember asking one or two guys with the Blue Jays like we never saw him. He's a freaking first rounder. Obviously, most people didn't think he was. Right. Yeah, somebody did. Obviously. Uh, I mean, it's like the, uh, who was the Hayden Simpson? Yeah. yeah. You know what? That kid was a terrible first round pick Cubs for listeners who don't know. Um, It was somebody, one of the decision makers with the Cubs saw the start of Simpson's life. And then, you know, everyone else in the industry is like, what the hell are they doing? We didn't have this guy in the fifth round. Then the kid gets mono. 
And when he comes back next spring, he's throwing 85 miles an hour. Who the hell knows, right? We'll always have a touch of sympathy for that kid because if he'd just shown up and been 89-91 and had a couple of credible years in the minors, he wouldn't be, he's a punchline. His name is basically a draft nerd punchline. If he'd even gone in the comp round. Yeah. Oh yeah, nobody remembers, right? Otherwise nobody remembers. You know, it's funny. The the biggest comparison I can think of really is not a MLB player. It's like Anthony Bennett got given up on real quick after being that first overall pick. And like, I think was out of the league within three years type of thing. But in baseball, unless it's an injury type of thing, like, you know, rightly pint is still technically almost kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like that, or, uh, God, who did Miami take with the second pick? The big kid uh, threw super hard. Um, oh, uh, Tyler. Oh, like, that was Tyler, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And, and they these kids get tons of chances because you are investing millions of dollars in a young player and hoping for the best. And you can do that more in baseball because, you know, you, these guys aren't going to have to make – you don't have to make a decision on a 40-man roster spot for five to six years. I'm trying to find this guy, Kevin Matthews. He was enough. Like that was an immediate. Yeah. Rangers took him 33rd overall with a comp pick. I remember being on the phone with a scout in Georgia who was laughing. And then four picks later, they took Zach Cohn and he laughed even more. Oh, I remember. That was 2011. And in Matthews first full season, the next year, he walked 64 guys in 74 innings. He was a Georgia kid too, right? He was a Georgia kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he lasted longer, but it was pretty clear, like within a year, it was like, nope, 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 that is never happening. Oh. I think that's the big thing. It's the pitchers who get in and either they have the yips, which is its whole separate uh, thing. Way or, different thing. Yeah. Or, or just they cannot throw a strike. I'm like trying, I'm like furiously searching guys on uh, Craig Whitaker. That was another one from the Giants. Apparently he had a really good arm and just walked guys right away. High school pick in 03 and by 05, they've already moved him to the bullpen. Yeah, well, and, but if you if you take it to this movie, say this kid, like, say they had done something of like, he goes to the GCL and he is like, is a terrible strikeout rate or something. Mm-hmm. It would be like it's alarming, but hey, he had a long season, first adjustment to pro ball, you know, playing in Florida where it's a million degrees, like he's gonna go either, you know, the probably oh, short season doesn't exist anymore. They'll start him out in low A, and you know, we'll see what. You know, he'll he'll look to rebound. They'll fix the mechanical stuff. It instructs like it's fine. There is just you never walk away from your first round pick. Right. No. In the the summer. And I do think that Patrick does say something like maybe on a developmental thing, something along those lines. So I don't think they're like releasing him or deporting him or like throwing him in with the uh, the Tigers at at Cobb County. Although I don't think it was Cobb County at that point. yeah, they would absolutely be still holding out hope for this kid. But because this is a really bad movie that doesn't respect intelligence, they basically imply that this kid is a shit show in the fuck factory and nothing good <laughs> is ever going to happen for him. Yeah. I stole um, that from Succession, by the way. Succession, very good television show. Very HBO. Good. Much, much better than this movie. Yeah, um, a little bit. Last category, before more Restore prequel would you rather see a prequel sequel or remake of this one it's I just more one to ask like one we're at this weird stage where like we haven't gotten a big budget baseball movie anymore it's like i've got to imagine it's an obvious question like would you want to see this or something like it done with with good of the scout thing has never been done 
properly in baseball. Like they they still have yet to get this relationship right. There's the Brendan. This is Frazier Steve Nebraska. This is yeah. Steve Nebraska eraser, man. Be careful. Oh, <laughs> Be careful. Terrible. I love I love Albert Brooks and Brendan Fraser. It's that movie so is, bad. I, I trash. Real quick, the most unrealistic thing I've ever seen in a baseball movie is first of all helicoptering that guy in for the per, for the perfect game, and then. So he's throwing a perfect game, not only a perfect game, he has thrown 80 pitches and he has 26 strikeouts. He has a chance to have a 81 pitch, 27 strikeout, perfect game. And then this movie spends time, but he's got to get past Ozzy Smith to do it. He's going to have to go. Yeah, really concerning Ozzy Smith batting ninth in this World Series game that you're really fucking worried about him breaking everything up. Come on, man. That's just that is the lazy shit that happens in these types of movies. But to answer your question, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, I would love to see a um, a movie that explores. I think something like this would make a better miniseries than a movie, just because I think you can go more nuanced with that type of stuff. And I think that's why so much good shit right now is miniseries or limited series, however you want to call it. I'd be interested in something like that. Not in this plot and with completely different actors and completely different writers, but like a, I would love to see a, an actual miniseries that looks at the scouting life or the advanced look. Like a, a lot of people really liked, I just forgot the name of the show, um, the show with the the, the woman pitcher. Um, pitch. Uh, pitch. Is it just called Pitch? Yeah. Pitch, pitch. yeah. It, yeah, it, I think it, it, one season. It wasn't for me. A lot of people really liked it, and I was disappointed for them that it, it got uh, canceled. Obviously, I liked it a lot. I couldn't remember the name of the show, and it was literally called Pitch. Um, I, I would love to see Hiding like more, 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 yeah, <laughs> more, it's more types of exploration of this type of stuff. But you can't insult people's intelligence, and that is what has happened with the majority of baseball movies with this type of budget. Is it just completely eliminates the baseball fan, and whether or not. If our opinion is irrelevant, so be it. But I am going to always be furious watching a movie that insults my intelligence like this. Yeah, and that's where the best. I mean, Bull Durham's my favorite baseball movie. Everybody wants some is my favorite baseball movie of say, I guess, since Sugar. So like past fifteen years, both made by people who are around the sport, and that yeah, makes and it showed mm-hmm, big time. Makes, makes all the difference in the world, um, guys. This was great. Very much appreciate you guys taking the time. I don't. I don't think we're gonna regroup for the twentieth anniversary. I think we'll just talk about. I was. God damn it! You just took my joke. Oh. <laughs> talk to you in ten years. Bye. Thanks. Oh, Bye. Yeah. God. Uh, Chris, where can people follow you? Uh, Crawford underscore MILB on the Twitter. Uh, Circling the bases podcast and NBCSportsEdge.com or RotoWorld.com. Please check us out. We're pretty. We're okay. Keith, where can people follow you? Uh, on the Twitter, as he said, at Keith Law on uh, The Athletic. You can find my board game stuff on Paste. I didn't mention my blog. I have a blog, meadowparty.com slash blog, where I write about other How stuff. How much you hate your favorite team. Yeah, there's a fair bit of that. Lately, it's been board games and books, and there'll be a lot of movies. Now that we're actually getting into movie se- good movie season, it's about, I should yeah, say. We're, we're actually looking we're looking good. Uh, it looks yeah. really good, right? Yeah. yeah. Chris and I have yeah. talked a little bit about Chris ke- keeps up with this stuff. And then um, Tim Grierson, who I'm, I'm sure you guys are both familiar with. He did mm-hmm. uh, Toronto and on his blog, which I think is called everybody's got, got one. 
um, which is not quite the same as everybody wants some. <laughs> anyway, close. but Tim ranked all the movies he saw at the festivals this summer. I think he did Con and he did, which they always call Can, and I'm like, it's Con, it's Con, um, and Toronto. And uh, I was looking at his list, and there were a few I'd heard of, a few I hadn't. I was like, okay, I'm excited for movies again. This is great. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, Kyle, if you, I know it's not a sports movie. The Banshees of Inner Sheen is a movie that I am going to need to talk to somebody about. I, I like just looking at this just trailer of this movie. I am so excited. Like this is this could be a really, really good movie year. And we might get movie pass too. Oh, we might God. have movie pass. <laughs> we might have movie pass. We we've shifted the sh- I've shifted the 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 tagline for the podcast is this is now the podcast where all movies are sports movies. So okay, this year great. we We've talked about speed. We've talked about Con Air. We've talked about awesome. both Top Guns. So yes. we're yeah. well. Top Guns uh, definitely a sports movie. Like you could do, you could do Ford v Ferrari. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that's yeah. that's that might be my favorite racing movie. It's actually that's a pretty fine. good movie. I remember it's it was, fine. Like, might have been the last one my wife and I saw before the world ended in oh. 2020, and what we kept we both walked out. Um, nothing. Uh, <laughs> We uh, twins made the playoffs. It's a long time ago. (laughs) Um, Remember we walked out like we both enjoyed that movie a lot more than we thought we were going to, especially because neither one of us cares about car racing in the least, you know, baseball, anything about it. Yeah. She's football and rugby. If there's a great rugby movie out there, please let me know. Um, But yeah, we were is like, it, does okay, it Clint pretty good. have a rugby movie? It is does. It, uh, it's is it Invictus. Yeah, nobody likes Matt that movie, Damon. right? Yep. No, it's, <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. Um, ah, it's it's exciting because there have been it's been such a lull. You know what I mean? Like, except for RRR, the greatest movie ever made. If there's one thing you take away from this podcast, go watch RRR. Go watch it twenty times. Don't look up a damn thing about this. It would movie. take a week and a half. It's you know what it's a week and a half. That's if you don't sleep. Yeah, it's three hours. You can. I've heard. Um, I've heard that the Woman King is actually a a pleasant surprise. I have heard that the Woman King is really good. I have heard also that uh, Barbarian is actually really good as well. So a couple buddies were asking me about. I will not. I will not be going to see Barbarian. That movie is not. I know yeah, that movie is not for me. I read yeah. the uh, little bit of the Wikipedia description. I read like, the nope, entire plot I, I know, summary. I, okay, yeah, I read the whole, I read the whole <laughs> yeah. thing because I was like, nope, I'm not watching yeah. this. Yeah. That's, that's not for me. I'm cool glad Justin Long story. is still getting work, though. Man, he Justin still Long's looks. Doing, he doing still well, looks yeah. like he's like 16 years old. By the way, yeah. like Justin yeah. Long can play any age of any character. Eventually, you know, I mean, eventually he's going to become obsolete, like all Apple products. That's good. That's a good that's, way to end this. That's where we'll wrap it. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode <laughs> of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate and leave a review if you're an Apple podcast. If you want to support <laughs> patreon.com slash big screen sports. New episodes every Monday. If you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm. That is presented by Baseball America. Uh, most recent episode with uh, current Giants right-hander and and a bit another big movie fan, Trevor Hildenberger. Mm. Check that one out. And uh, we'll catch you in a week. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.